0: Welcome to Devotions on the Psalms, Israel's Songbook, a podcast by Christ Lutheran Church in Brea, California. Pastor Eric Lawson leads us with our Psalm 33 devotion. Here he is. Hello. Welcome back to our Psalm devotional. It's good to have you with us. Today we're going to be looking at Psalm 33. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. Lord, we thank you for the many servants uh, of you that wrote these psalms down, Lord, we pray that you would help us to to pray these psalms ourselves, to make these psalms our own, to return to them, Lord, and have them be words that we can speak to you. Lord, I pray you'd bless each one of my brothers and sisters that joins me as we go through this. We pray this all in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I hope everybody is doing well. Uh, we're doing well here in the Clausen household, uh, you know. Just getting used to life with the baby. Um, but it's it's pretty awesome. And I know a lot of you joined us for that uh, baptism of little Lucy Jane. And it's still available uh, on our Vimeo, on Facebook, and on our website. So if you want to see uh, her baptism, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, so thank you all for the, the kind words of those who you watched it and shared in that uh, really special event. Uh, it means a lot to us. All right, so we are on Psalm 33. Psalm um, and I was reading as I was reading and studying for this psalm. I thought this psalm was so appropriate um, for our hyper political context. Um, I think it's good words of wisdom uh, and advice for all of us. It doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum or even how you are, how involved you are in politics. I think it's good words for us to remember. So let's read Psalm thirty-three: The steadfast love of the Lord shall for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright. All his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. By the breath of his mouth all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation, whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven, he sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of all of them and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army, a warrior is not delivered by his great strength, a war horse is a false hope for salvation. By its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Amen. All right, so there's a lot in here, as there always is, Um, but I kind of broke this up, this psalm up, into a couple different pieces uh, as I saw it. And the first piece is this beginning uh, praise, and we've seen so many of these commands of praise throughout uh, all of these psalms, and many of them begin with this, you know, that we need to regularly be thanking God for his goodness, his uprightness, his faithfulness. We are, we are so blessed to have him as our God, that. The God who is the creator of everything and the source of everything good. So we should constantly be joyful for this fact. Playing on instruments and, and singing. Uh, and as we've talked about before, that's what worship is. is it's a response to God's goodness and its blessing. Uh, and we need to be doing that regularly. Uh, and that means we need to be coming to worship and participating in that regularly. But then uh, the author of this psalm goes on. And they speak of creation. And this is the next little section at least that I saw as part of 5 and 6 and 7 where this author begins speaking of the greatness of God as seen in creation. And sometimes I think we forget about this. How magnificent God is by looking at his creation. And I've heard people say that just looking at nature you can tell two things. One, that uh, God is powerful and dangerous. And two, that he is an artist. And I think that is so true. God is powerful beyond our imagination i mean you look at these mountain ranges and and that's why i think it is important to get into nature is to just see the scale of things yes as humans we have cities and machines and technology and all these things but what can we really control and even in our modern world with all our technology our world is still hit by hurricanes and wildfires and earthquakes and all these different natural disasters that remind us how much we still are not in control But God is. God is the powerful one. He is where all the power rests. And so it's important that we fear him and we trust in him. And now maybe, I think we've explained before, fear doesn't mean just that you're terrified of him. It means you respect him and you listen to him uh, and you seek to learn more about him. Fear means, yes, you honor and respect and ultimately trust and love. And the next part, which is, I think, one of the biggest parts and one of the more unique parts of this psalm, is it gets into, well, things that are kind of political. It speaks about how all of the inhabitants of the earth must fear the Lord, but then it also speaks about how the nations, the nations ultimately, they're powerless before God too. God, the Lord, brings the counsel of the nations to nothings. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. I think it's really important we remember this right now because it doesn't matter what side we're on, we get so focused on our team and the righteousness of our cause and how our group is going to, we're going to make everything right again. But here's the thing. Uh, our plans as humans, as grand as we think they are, um, They don't mean much, Uh, and especially they don't mean much without the Lord. And we have these plans. We think that we're so important, and we get so self-righteous. But I think so many times, God just laughs at us. What do you think you're doing? Don't you think that I'm already in control? Don't you know I'm the one who controls all of this? We get so wrapped up in so much, and we just need to stop it and trust That doesn't mean that you should be totally inactive, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be involved with politics to some degree, but where is your faith? Where's your trust? Is your trust in candidates? Is it in political parties? Is it in political ideologies even? Because it's not where it should be. It should be in God, the Almighty, the one who's truly in control. And when we remember that, I think it can give us a calmness and a peace that well, it's pretty unique, especially in our current world, because right now I see so many Christians who, who, they forget this, that God is in control, and they get so worked up about so much. But we don't need to be. We can be at peace. Yes, that doesn't mean that we should still try to be involved and try to do what we think is right, but don't do it in fear. Don't do it in worry. I see so many things on Facebook, so many posts with so much sarcasm and fear and anger and uh, self-righteousness. And it's from my fellow Christians. And stop. You don't need to do that. You can be at peace. And I think sometimes uh, people get into this verse in verse 12. Um, and they I think they maybe get it wrong. They get it from this perspective of fear. They say this, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. And people say, oh, look at our nation. Um, We need to turn back to God. Um, And all these problems are because we haven't turned back to God. In one sense, that's true. uh, Because when you don't listen to God's word, trouble will happen, absolutely. But there's two things about this verse I think it's important to understand. One, when this Writers talking about it. He says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." He's specifically talking about Israel because Israel is the people whom He has chosen as His heritage. Now, this does apply to us as Christians. We're the new Israel, um, but He's God has chosen us Christians. He hasn't chosen Americans. He hasn't chosen Russians. He hasn't chosen fill in the blank. He's chosen His believers. We are the ones who are His heritage. Not our country, not our nation. Second thing I think uh, people misunderstand this is then they think, okay, well, that means I can just complain and I can just bash my country because we've, uh, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and clearly that's not us, so all this doom and gloom is going to happen. Um, I don't think that's the winsome way to go about it. Yeah, it is absolutely true that the nation who is just and right is the nation that will do far better no doubt about it. But how do you help your country get to that? And I don't think it's by posting, um, mean things on Facebook or berating, bemoaning, complaining, tearing down. How do you really change your nation? You live out what God says. Uh, you live out a life of love and peace and dedication. Um, you truly do act for the things that you believe in. I think it's so important for Christians, you know, there's all these things that, uh, well, we say we care about, and I know um, we do care about them, but how do we actually live that out? Because the world is watching what we say, but it's very closely watching what we do. It's important that we're actually living out what we're saying. And our actions will change the world. It's not our opinions. I just heard it again, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard it many times before. It's not our opinions the, that changes the world. It's our example. So what kind of example are you being? Are you being an example that people can look to and say, wow, I want to live like that. I want to have the Lord as my God because look at that person. I want to be like them. I think that's what we need to remember. Now this gets a little bit more into this um, idea that politics cannot save us. Uh, It speaks about how the king is not saved by his great army, a warrior is not delivered by his great hope, the war horse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might it cannot rescue. Now, we're not quite as a, a martial of a culture, a warlike as a culture of Israel. That is, war is not a common place in our life. So maybe maybe we shouldn't be thinking of uh, like machine guns or different things like that, although maybe there is a part of that. We, we should not be looking to uh, America's great uh, military for our security. Um, but we shouldn't be look to, looking to human things. We shouldn't be looking to political leaders. We shouldn't be looking to political parties. We shouldn't be looking to any of that for salvation. It's not going to do it. It can't do it. Ultimately, there's not hope there. Where's there hope? In Jesus Christ, in his word. So constantly turn back to that. And there you can have real peace. There you can have real salvation. And then this last part of the psalm, it does turn it totally personal. It's not looking at the big picture, politics, nations, all these different things. It's looking at the personal. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. And that's what we need to be doing. God blesses his children. He always does. Sometimes it's not easy to see. Sometimes it can be difficult. But he will keep them alive in the famine. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't face famines. That doesn't mean we won't face all these hardships. But he's going to be with us through all those things. And So wait on the Lord and trust in him and turn back to him always. And then I love this line, and this is a line we can pray. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. And I know for a lot of people, it's a scary, it's a difficult time with COVID, with economics, with politics, all these different things. But remember, God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. You can trust in him. He provides. Trust in his holy name. And pray this prayer. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Friends, if you hope in him, that steadfast love is with you. That's a promise from God, our Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one of my brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray that you would help us to trust in you above all else. Don't, don't let us put our trust in earthly things, and earthly princes, rulers, political parties, leaders, whatever it is. Help us to put our trust in you so we can live our lives as shining lights, as examples, so that we can lead those around us back to your holy name. And not with cruel words, not with Facebook posts, but with acts of love and care. Lord, work through us. We pray this all in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. God's peace. Until next time. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, follow Christ Brea on all social media outlets. Visit ChristBrea.org.